I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You do you, Graham. Welcome back to another episode of Movie Maintenance, where some topics just need discussing. I'm Damien. I'm Handsome Tom. I'm Gabe. And this week we're looking at Toxic Fandoms. Not like, not like fans, express fans who are expressly fans and only fans of Britney Spears' song "Toxic" and nothing else. <laughs> fans no other are, music, fans no other songs. Just fans of Toxic Waste in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah just big barrels of. Toxic or the waste. the Pokemon move Toxic, which uh, heavily poisons the foe. I love that you got a Pokemon reference in there. Straight I'm away. impressed too. It's a gift. I'm, I'm impressed yeah. to how Gabe's like, "Fuck you, Tom." Seeing <laughs> so just like, "Oh, here we go, another one of these long drawn out preambles that we're all gonna have to go along with." <laughs> Yay. That's why, that's why I'm here, mate. I love you. Oh, thanks. All right. So let's get into this. So first of all, let's define this concept that we're talking about. Like, what are we talking about when we say a toxic fandom? Well, I think we're specifically, I mean, the reason for this episode is the Rick and Morty thing. Exactly right. Um, I guess there's a point at which probably any fandom can become toxic when yep. people are just that little bit too obsessed. And I think... um. Maybe a better term for it than toxic fandom is maybe fan entitlement. Because, I mean, yeah. obviously the whole thing, for those who don't know, and I can't imagine yeah, yeah, listening yeah, to this yeah. podcast if you don't, is that McDonald's brought back the Szechuan sauce, which was a one-line joke in Rick and Morty in one episode. They brought the sauce back for a day. You could get it at certain locations. Rick and Morty fans turned up in droves. To, to, be, to be fair, too, this actually had no actual tie-in with Rick and Morty no, 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 whatsoever. No. This is McDonald's trying to cash in This is literally McDonald's just being like... This is this is just capitalism at work. It's just McDonald's being yeah. like, we can make money from yeah. dickheads. Yeah. And they succeeded. And, and they people did. turned up. But then you see videos online, like apparently the Rick and Morty fans just like essentially trash these McDonald's. There's this one video I saw of this one complete fuck knuckle jumping up on the counter at McDonald's, jumping up and down, screaming over and over again, I'm Pickle Rick, where's my so what my Szechuan sauce? And then lying on the ground, rolling around, just screaming, I'm Pickle Rick, and getting in everyone's way. God, that's embarrassing. And then you stop and you think, oh yeah, wait, what is it that all the Rick and Morty fans say? Rick and Morty's for smart people. Yes. You so get Rick and Morty. Yes. What yeah. the fuck yes. is wrong with you, you fucking knob jockey, brainless, <laughs> turnip head, <laughs> warus scrotum fuckwit, <laughs> that you're going to turn up and act like that towards right. somebody. Right. Like, okay, I mean, like, the, I mean, the biggest rule is, like, I think the biggest rule for life in general 
is just don't be a cunt to people. Right. Like, it's that easy. It's like these people are just doing their jobs. You've got people at McDonald's sitting there doing their jobs, trying to serve people. You've got other customers who are there just to get their Big Mac and don't give a shit about your fucking Szechuan sauce. And you're turning up being like, because I'm an entitled fuckwit fan who thinks that because I like this thing a lot, and somehow that makes me better than you. I like it more than other people because I am I am the best fan. No one else likes it more than me. You shouldn't watch it. You don't get it. It's too yeah. it's too is there, it's too highbrow for you. Is there somebody uh, you're suggestively impersonating right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it even goes back further to it, Rick and Morty is a good example, but it, it exists in. Hang most on, wait. Can I, can I just quickly quickly clarify something? When I said that before, and you guys both sort of giggled. I wasn't referring to myself. I was referring to Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, you know, no, yeah, so, yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Thinking, wait. Did, did you think I was referring to <laughs> what? Like, Is that how you wait, people that's your opinion? Yeah, you okay. know, we, we think Gabe, you're the Donald Trump of uh, movie man. <laughs> oh, wow. Nobody hates no. Rogue One more than me. I hate Rogue One the most. Yeah, <laughs> but no, but that's but that's it. It's, it's that it's that. And like, to, full disclosure, we are fans. Like, yeah, we are hardcore we fans of franchises. And it, you even and look at the word fan; it, it means fanatic. It literally yeah, is like absolutely. this over obsession with something. And and there's nothing wrong with being a fan of something. It's it's where it's where you get to that point where. Your enjoyment of something <laughs> ruins the enjoyment for somebody else. Or yes. It's detrimental yes. to someone else's enjoyment. With the with the Rick and Morty thing, even before the Szechuan source incident, goes back to when Dan Harmon hired a whole bunch of female writers to his writing stuff because yeah. someone pointed out there all the, a lot of the writers are male in that writing room, and he went, "Yep, you're absolutely fucking right. I need to change this." It's 2017. Right. They hired female writers and the same group of dickheads who rolled around pretending to be Pickle Rick at McDonald's complained that they, A, wouldn't understand the show and B, wouldn't understand the complex male characters. go on the record right now and just throw this out there for anybody who's listening who might fall into that subset of Rick and Morty fans who didn't like the fact that you had female writers on your boy show and thought that you could turn up and be a fuckwit about Szechuan sauce. You're a dipshit. <laughs> No, no, more than that, I'm going to say this in the most clear terms I possibly can. If you are one of those people, you are a bad person. Yes. Yep. 100%. Yes. Hopefully you will listen to the rest of this episode and learn that you can be a better person and keep listening. And if you can't, don't listen to us anymore. Right. Do we think, though, that this might come down to a sense of fan entitlement? Oh, Because, no I mean, there is – and it's, it's fascinating when you kind of look at fandoms, particularly nowadays when so many – cult franchises and things are kind of yeah. coming out and fans complaining about the fact that something's not the way they want it to be or yes. something's not the, or yeah. we want more of this or we want more of this. I mean, in our very limited way. With There's a black guy and a woman in prominent roles in our Star Wars film. Fuck you, liberals. Well, my dad got, my dad in particular, he's a big Star Trek fan. Yeah. And he got really pissed off the new Star Trek series for saying fuck in an episode. Okay. And he's like, oh, that's not what Star Trek is. That's not Star Trek. And I was like, well, it's a very different Star Trek to when you liked Star Trek right. in the early nineties. Like see, that's times a, have that's changed. That's a valid criticism. Yeah. If you can, and again, again, we, just to be on the record, we are a show that literally talks about how much we love things right. and complains and people fuck it up. But we don't, we don't do it from a, we don't try to do it from a perspective. And if we ever dip into it, we apologize if anyone's ever thought we've done that. Yeah, but we don't fair. try to to dip into an area where we're complaining about things that are. That, are, that that like they're ours. They're, they're not ours, right? If, if something is not good because it's bad, because I think it's bad, I'm going to tell you my version of it, yes, because that's my opinion on it. But I'm not going to not let you enjoy that thing. And I think your dad saying that fucking Star Trek ruins, take something away from Star Trek for him is completely different <laughs> than people being like, "There's a gay character in Star Trek. I'm never watching. This is SJW. Yeah, is it work?" Yeah. It's right. like, well, no. Your dad's complaint is maybe that he never liked. It was never about the swearing. He feels weird that they're swearing now. But yeah. He's not having a go at 
the people involved in the show necessarily. No, no, of course and not. not alienating. Of course viewers, not. And that's the big important difference. Imperative. You can because like it's totally fair game to criticize an artwork. Yes. But when you make it personal about the artist, that's when I think it goes too far. Yeah. Or alienate other people. But also at the same time, becoming. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess the Rick and Morty thing is kind of a reflection of fans who basically think that something should be just the way they want it to be. Yeah. And, I mean, or, or like, it starts with that and then it kind of extends the point where it's like, I am so into this that I'm entitled to turn up and be a fuckwit mm. about this or this or this or this. But you also see, it like, with fan criticisms of all kinds of properties where it's like a new installment will come out and they'll be like, oh, that's not how it's meant to be. That's not like it was in this. That's not like yeah. it was in this. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters is a great Who example. gives that much of a fuck about Ghostbusters? Yeah. Nobody did before it no. was all literally, if they're complaining about, oh, it's going to shit over the legacy of the other Ghostbusters, every single actor from the previous Ghostbusters was in the, the Remake Ghostbusters, which wasn't so a great film. They all but endorsed it. Was fine. It was I had fine. a good time. Yeah, like it's it's bizarre. It, it, it's that thing where people want new stuff. It, and and to be to be completely honest, the toxic fandoms and the, the fans that we're talking about, yeah. nine times out of ten, nine point nine times out of ten, are men. Yes, yes. You, you will yeah. rarely rarely hear a female voice being like, "Oh, didn't like the fact that they uh they made Ray a Jedi. That's a bit shit." Like right. it's it's usually men who are let's be honest we're all straight middle class white men we are used to seeing a lot of representation of our demographic mm. in films and literature there are people out there who when they're confronted with something that isn't straight white heterosexual men yep freak the fuck out and apparently it's sacrilege and it's yes. the worst thing ever and all of that nonsense and what what I think is interesting I think the root cause of that is that. They feel like their identities are threatened. If as if other people like the thing they like, then well, who I am because I really love Ghostbusters. So if someone else likes Ghostbusters, fuck them because then all of a sudden I'm not the me I thought I was. I'm not as unique as I thought I was. As well as if I don't see myself reflected back at me, then I'm gonna get upset because why does someone else get to stay on stage? Despite the fact there's all these communities that have never seen their reflection in their media that way. It's it's like when that trailer, that first trailer came out and poster came out for Black Panther mm. and you had a community on Twitter and a group of people on Twitter and on the internet go, this is so incredible. I'm finally seeing representation of myself. Be fucking happy for them. Yes. We've had enough white guys who are heroes. Calm the fuck down. There is still a great representation right. of white men in films and TV and books. But on that on that thing you touched on about what happens if my the thing that I like someone else uh, starts liking as yes. well? It's that same thing of, of my least favourite people on the planet are dickheads who like a band until they're played on a mainstream radio right. station. And until it's like, they're popular. No, you should be happy that your crappy indie band that mm. is now doing really fucking well for themselves right. has achieved, you know, a great success. Yes. Oh, no, they're sold out. That's the kind of the point. That's the goal, mate. Is, is for them to be successful enough so that other people – and also – you don't get the right to dictate if other people can enjoy something or not. No, right. absolutely not. So isn't, it more, not. isn't it better if more people are listening to the music you listen to? That exactly. means your community is bigger. No. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so, it's, we're getting, we're getting angry in this episode really early because it's something that I guess we see a bit because we do spend so much time in mm. sort of fan revered stuff and cult status stuff. Well, there is this. I mean, there is something that definitely I think we sort of experience, I guess, in our small way here. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know for a fact that, like, I always get I've, – I've had moments of, like, getting really, really anxious when I see on, like, the Sans Pants Reddit or something fans being like, oh, 
I wish the movie maintenance went back to doing more of this or more of this or more of this or more of this. And then my first instinct is, okay, cool. We got to do that. Then we got to, we got to please people. We got to please people. Then it's like, well, no, because at a certain point you can't just go with the wind of what people, what everybody says they want because, and like, and so many people are far more successful than any of us. Say people don't know what they want. Like, no, I should know. I don't know what I want until I see it. And I'm like, oh, that was like whiplash. If somebody had ever told me, you know what you want, you know what one of your favorite movies is going to be a movie about jazz drumming. I'd be like, fuck (laughs) off. You don't know me. And then I saw that film and I was like, oh, I didn't know how much I needed a psychological thriller about jazz drumming until I saw it. Because we all, I guess, veer towards our comfort zones and we veer towards what we think we want from things and it's like with Star Wars at the moment you see you know everyone's like oh Force Awakens is so good and oh you know the Rogue One is so good because it had that thing that reminded me of that thing in the other Star Wars film and it all of this it's like yeah but all you're seeing is retreads of stuff that you've already experienced mm. before if Star Wars wants to actually endure grow and change you're going to have to throw something new in there and take a risk right. Just, because, of course, you're Disney, you're focus group led, you're going to listen to the fans who say they want this. And, yeah, Disney are masterful at giving fans what they want. Yes. But I swear to God, if they keep going down this track, and I don't know if they will, I don't know what Last Jedi is going to be like or Han Solo or whatever, but if they keep going down this track of just giving people what they want, hmm. people are going to get bored of that because we've seen it all before. Right. And so you need to just throw something in there that people don't want, that people aren't asking for, because the first when the first Star Wars came out, nobody, nobody was saying, <laughs> oh, I want this weird weird space opera kind of based on yeah. Japanese classic black and white films. Nobody was saying, I really, really want that. When George Lucas made that, people I were like, that film's going to bomb. And a and a green frog guy and like a giant dog bear who only talks like, that, that, that. give me that. Yeah, right. give me that. And then they brought out and everyone's like, holy fuck, I didn't know how much I wanted that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, And that's that's it. You need to sort of, exactly. risks need to be taken. And we just, I, I think... Fans who are so – and nowadays in the age of social media and things like that, fans are so vocal and so mm. insistent. And I do think this comes from that place it's of entitlement. It's a double-edged sword where in one way they're able to engage with their, the creators of the things they like more readily, but yes. at the same time they're able to criticise them. and Criticise and demand. And it's like, I mean, legitimise their sometimes absur- absurdity. Right. I'm kind of I'm, – I'm perpetually fascinated by sort of the growing – because it's still very much in flux – how people view the Star Wars prequels. Mm -hmm. Because you do notice over the years, there is a slight shift in how they're perceived. Mm. It's gone from they're the worst thing ever, that's it, to like nowadays you do get some people coming out and like writing quite intelligence in-depth sort of reappraisals that say, yeah, they're heavily flawed, but we're ignoring all the things they did right. And this and this and this. Fairly decent film. Mm. Yeah. And it's sort of like, and the fact is you look at Star Wars prequels and you think, yeah, like George Lucas did something different. He innovated. That was what he did in the first place. That was how you got the first Star Wars. Mm. But fans are like, no, that's not my Star Wars. That's not what I wanted from it. Stuff right. like that. And that was probably the start of, you know, really outraged fans coming out and using the internet to propagate what they had to say. Yes. And the response to that is that the Star Wars franchise has gone back to something very safe. Yeah. But by but, doing but, that, but in a weird you don't way, get anything new. In mm. a weird way, they've gone safe narratively but they've taken more risks casting-wise. Like yeah. you look at the cast of Rogue One. There's one white main character. You've got a Hispanic actor. You've got two Asian actors. Mm. You, you, look at, you look at Force Awakens. Three, the three main trio are a woman, a black guy, and an Egyptian, I think. Yeah. yeah. Correct me. I, I, if I'm or wrong, his, Oscar Isaac, uh, I apologize. Yeah. You're a lovely, mm. beautiful, beautiful fucking man. Um, <laughs> What's that great thing that came out like in the, um, in the Last Jedi trailer? I saw that somebody tweeted this thing where it was this the bit where he goes, we are the spark that will light the fire that will burn the first order to the ground. And somebody tweeted being like, to my wife, sorry, I'm gay now. <laughs> that's like, well, that's, yeah, I mean, fair enough. Oscar Isaac delivers something that beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, but no, I, I do agree with you, Tom, but at the same time, like I don't, 
I, I oh, we think, want them to take more risks on the narrative side. Yeah, as well. and so because I look at that and do I go, both. yeah, awesome, do that. But I don't, I don't see that as a risk. I see that as a risk to a loud and vocal subset of shit fuckwits yep. who are like, oh, I'm like that because I don't want to not be yes. white people. And those people are fuckwits anyway. There is no intelligent person in the world who doesn't look at those people and say, you're idiots, shut the fuck up. Right. Just because they're loud, just because they're vocal, doesn't make them that enormous. Right. To cater to them in the first place would be exactly. a, a severe wrong. And, it's, and it's, here's the thing, like with the whole, this this goes, this kind of works on several different levels with with casting and with sort of taking the risks that the prequels took that didn't pay off and things like that. Yeah, okay, they were fuck-ups. Hmm. Oh, oh, sorry, um, like the prequels, they made fuck-ups and things like that. And yeah, this is different to what you originally wanted, but hey, you still have the originals. Yeah, they yeah. haven't gone exactly. anywhere. You've still got the thing you loved no in the first place. delete. On Empire Strikes you, Back. Exactly. I can't watch that anymore. And no? I don't Sorry, know about guys. you, but like I would so much rather see the franchises and the properties I love veer off into interesting directions mm. that annoy me and that I maybe don't like right. than I would see them just give me the same stuff again yes. and again and again and again. Because always I would rather something that is an interesting failure than a boring success. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like we've talked about with Fox and their take on X-Men. They've had some great movies and they've had some garbage movies. But the great movies where they took a risk and did something different easily makes up for the ones that haven't oh, yeah. been great. Like X-Men Apocalypse was probably one of the worst films I saw last year. Sure. Yeah. But then Logan came out and I'm like, fuck yeah, give me more Fox Marvel right. films. And even, even Deadpool in terms of its yeah. doing right. something. Let's just do an R-rated superhero film. Yes. Like yeah. Just- Lean into that. And Suicide Squad's like, yeah, we could do that. No, you can't, guys. Yeah. You need a story. For and that's the thing. But for these one. bigger fandoms, there's there's more more repercussions, I guess. Again, from arguable idiots. But it's there if they do take these risks. It, it, it kind of ties in. This is a weird dovetail, but I think it will – dovetail. Detour. I think it will take us back to the point of, of toxic fandoms and that entitled right. fan thing. Is that there's this weird thing – that people seem to have these days, and it does my head in, where they assume that because free speech exists, every opinion must be heard equally and be treated with the same level of merit. And right. that's not the case at all. Free speech means you can have an opinion. Yeah. But that also means that if your opinion is fucking bullshit or is just like gutter trash opinion, right. Everyone else can tell you it's gutter trash, and you don't you don't get to have the yes. same opportunities to voice that opinion. You're allowed to voice it, but you're not free from the consequences. Yes, of voicing. you're not free from the consequences, Absolutely. and you also might not be given the same platform. So if your if your if your literal opinion is that there are some races better than other races, that is a shit opinion. Mm. You're not going to get the same platform as someone whose opinion is that you know Lord of the Rings is the also, greatest trilogy of all time. Like there is a there is a fundamental irony to the argument of anybody who's like oh you're criticizing what i have to say you know free speech free speech you're actually compromising free speech by not letting somebody criticize exactly you. right like yes i would yeah you're allowed to say whatever opinion you want just like i'm allowed to tell you you're a fuckwit right so you're immediately yeah. being a hypocrite and like oh i'm sorry did i make a good point and tell you why you're wrong and yeah. now you're like yeah. oh yeah you should compromise my and, right for free speech furthermore if your opinion is detrimental to anyone's well-being then it's someone else's right to yeah, absolutely, absolutely not allow you to use right. any platform to share that opinion exactly right exactly right so i think i guess that ties into that as as social media grows fans grow that sense of entitlement it's mm. wrapped up in that i have an opinion so you get people being like when they did the wonder woman screenings and they did yep. women only screenings of wonder woman mm. and all these guys are like oh that's bullshit it's like that's one cinema mm-hmm. it's one screening on one night yep the movie is being released at the same time 
everywhere. It's everywhere. not a preview. It is the same. It's like a Thursday. It's like a mm. Friday night. The movie comes out on like fucking Wednesday, right? Right. You could see that movie hundred times at five hundred other cinemas before you'd miss out on that Friday night cinema. Yes. But dickheads had to be like, oh nah, that's just you know pandering to like mm. minorities and it's that liberal agenda. It's like no. Oh, so there are women like, who just wanted to enjoy Wonder Woman right. without you. Yes, yeah, about, right. Almost specifically you <laughs> complaining specifically, about yes. it. Go the fucking watch it in fucking someone's backyard in a pool, man. And yeah. also on top of that, like when all is said and done, like the whole, oh, there's a woman-only screening of Wonder Woman over here, but mm. a screen that anybody can come to over here. Why do you care? Yeah. Mm. Why do you care but so they, much? That's the thing. They're, they're so entitled and so had everything handed to them. They see one tiny space that they're not allowed to have and they have to have it now. Yeah. And it's, it's like ridiculous. Again, the flip side of that is that there are so many instances where people from the outside have right. not been able to enjoy the things that you enjoy. Yeah, but they kind of blindly can't see that. Oh, there was a great article that I think I might have shared with you, Gabe. And maybe also yeah, you yeah, you shared it with us. Yeah, but yeah. it was that it was that article talking about how um for so long we're in that age article. of the geek that kind of yes. all the nerd all the properties that people grew up loving, which back in the day you loved in secret because mm. you'd get punched in the face right. for, are now mainstream, mm. and there are a lot of toxic ideas from certain groups who kept their, had to keep their mm. enjoyment secret, who suddenly have freaked out that it's a mainstream thing, and and look. I get that there is that thing of like I read this comic and I loved it and people picked on me and now it's popular and everyone's watching it. It is a, it is a bit of an adjustment. But, but it's also validation. Yes. You yeah. were right. Yeah. It is a good thing. Exactly. It is a cool story. Right. You were right, dude. Yeah. Let other people join you on this fucking adventure. Yeah. Also, yeah, I mean like when all is said and done, I think one, one thing that people do need to understand is that like if there is something that is a bit niche and – it means a hell of a lot to you because, you know, I mean, they talk about like comic book nerds in the 80s who were getting picked on everything. They read Spider-Man comics and you see basically somebody who is nerdy, who is quiet, who, I mean, of course, who goes off and becomes a superhero. Of course, mm. that's going to have an enormous amount of appeal. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, so that's your enjoyment of that isn't something that's private to you. Like a right. lot of people are enjoying this. And the fact of it is what this means to you is going to be wildly different to what it means for someone else. Exactly. Your personal relationship with this property is not compromised by somebody else's very different relationship Correct. Yeah. with this property. Correct. That's, that's, yeah. that's fucking hitting a that's nutshell. And it's not compromised. It's also not diluted. No, not at all. Not at all. Because, because here's the thing. What you get out of a property, what you watch a certain movie and take away from it is probably also not what the creator necessarily intended. Exactly. It's just because literally every piece of art to a certain degree is a raw shark test that is put up and that you will, when, whenever you are drawn to a certain piece of art, it's because mm. you see something of yourself in there that you connect to. Usually right. that's the case. Yeah. And, Even on a subconscious level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And other people will see something different. They might see the same thing and maybe you share that, but other people will probably be drawn to something different in yes. there. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So, I mean, like, I don't know, like, just as a Hannibal fan, I love the psychology of it. I love the whole idea of sort of pained human beings desperately trying to find ways to connect with each other Mm. and basically doing it in the most roundabout, terrible, fucked up ways. I love the Machiavellian stuff. And there's so much in that series that I just love and find beautiful and compelling Mm. and magical. And I also know that, like, most of the Hannibal fandom love very different things. They love shipping Hannibal Lecter and Will Graham, which I'm not all that into. But, like, whatever. That's their enjoyment. This is my enjoyment. (laughs) Yeah, but that's okay. Like, that doesn't change. That that view of it doesn't exactly as long as your enjoyment again does not lead to the detriment of someone else's enjoyment and i don't mean oh that girl in that costume she doesn't even know star wars what i mean is that it's the reverse it's Mm. that girl in that costume who you're picking on there's the detriment it's not the detriment of your because your enjoyment isn't going to change who likes it or who doesn't like it or if someone gets the name of a sith lord wrong or the name of a like i fuck up characters names Constantly. Yeah. Doesn't mean I don't like things. It yes. just means I have a shit memory for characters' names sometimes. Also, coming into this sort of idea of, I guess, different people getting different things out of out of properties and everything. And I, I do want to use this to actually talk into as a platform to discuss this a bit further, an experience mm. that we all had last year. Just because like I know that we all when, when you were really passionate about something. It, you are you are personal. You, it, it is a personal thing to you. Sure. And when something means a hell of a lot to you, that is a personal thing. And I do understand inclination when somebody else shits on that mm. to kind of have a go at them and get upset at them and whatever and stuff like that. Like I found, you know, there was there tend to be this thing that happened to me a lot last year on Twitter when like every time I would criticize something on movie maintenance that somebody really liked a hell of a lot, mm. people would tweet me and be like, well, I didn't like Hannibal or Hannibal sucked. I'm like, that's okay. You're allowed to not like Hannibal. Right. Just like you're allowed to like Rogue One. Like, I don't think any less of like, Tom, I don't think any less of you for liking Rogue One. No, you think less think, of me for a whole bunch of other reasons. Exactly. Reasons. I think so. less of you because you're a rotting husk of a useless human being. <laughs> but like, your liking Rogue One you is the most- ready to go. <laughs> your liking of Rogue One is literally the most- minimal of the shit things about your character. But what I mean to say is like it, and there is this other thing with toxic fandoms, which I think is really worth discussing. 
which is this tendency to attack people who don't like the things that yes. we like. Now, the experience I was referring to is when last year we- Suicide Squad? We, oh. Well, it, what happened for those who aren't oh. on Twitter and aren't aware of this beautiful, we did this as beautiful moment that happened last year that really, <laughs> oh, really illustrated the maturity of the entire movie maintenance yeah. cast. So I think the way it started was that- Zamet participated as well. Just exactly. Saying. And he's- <laughs> Believe it or not, he's the most mature person in Sandspants. So I'm just saying, if he did it, then the rest of us are okay the with it. The bar's pretty do, long. Do you know what I yeah. do like, though, is out of all of that, the one person who at the end of it was like, you shouldn't have done that, was Dusha. Right? <laughs> he was like, what? I was going to tell you guys it was a dumb idea. Yeah. Like, who were you well, three days ago? Just, okay, so just to, just to contextualise for those who aren't aware. So I think the way it started was that it was last year when that story came out that Michael Shannon fell asleep during Batman vs Superman. And so I tweeted that being like, haha, Batman vs. Like something along the line, a lot, a lot wittier than this, I'm sure, because I spend a lot of time on my tweets. But it was something like along the lines of haha batman vs superman sucked because this yeah and do you know what it was it was probably exactly that <laughs> you know what you're probably not wrong but anyway um and and what happened was that obviously some dc fan because it turns out there's this intense community of dc fans on twitter somebody had done that thing where they had searched on twitter for batman vs superman and then literally found anybody giving it hate because i hadn't yeah. hashtagged it right hadn't tagged anyone in it hadn't done anything like that mm. and somebody basically found it and had a go at me or retweeted me and had a go at me, which led to all these other DC fans kind of ripping into me. And suddenly it was like they were coming from all angles. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then I did the stupidest thing you can possibly do in these situations and I engaged. Yeah. And then Tom engaged and oh. then Sean engaged and Sean got banned from Twitter for two days for calling a DC fanboy a cunt. And then Zamet engaged. And then this just went, it went on. For and four it days. went for four days. Insane. And every time we thought it would end, and there was just this one guy who everything he tweeted at us was a gif of Jared Leto's Joker. And it was like everything it was, he, he would said, say something and then he'd back it up with a gif of the of of Leto. And it and it had no necessarily a tie-in to what he was saying. Right. And then he'd repeat gifs. Yes. And and the things that he was saying were always uniformly so kind of smug and incoherent and just talking about how we were idiots. Mm. Um, he, he called film me- Film hack fraud. Film hack fraud I was called so many times. <laughs> like so many fucking times with this guy. And it got to the point where I was like, fuck, I just, I've just i never hated a face as much as I hate Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> which, because of this, I just associated with this fuckwit. Can sure. I, can I, I say, that was what can he I say like. though, Gabe, you were justified in hating Jared Leto as the Joker. <laughs> well, yeah. Because then it, the movie came out and everyone went- <clears throat> Oh yeah, no, nah, he's he's shit. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, again, we and, and that's the thing is that there's the DC franchise seems to have a large grouping of this, hmm. like where we went, we didn't like Batman versus Superman. A lot of people didn't like Batman versus Superman, right? But that's fine. But do you think yep. it's people being on the defensive and being like because like because they're so targeted? Hmm. But but the thing is, and this is the impression I got, and I could be wrong because again, I really want to stipulate here. I don't know. These are just faceless people on Twitter. And by faceless, I mean they, their they, face on Twitter they, were they searched, Jared Leto's Joker. They searched <laughs> but, for a fight. Yes, yes, they searched for a fight. But like everything they said, like this, this and guy we just, shouldn't have engaged. We're, no, no, we shouldn't have engaged. We are adults. But the thing is, <laughs> my whole approach through all of this was that with all of them, I just said to them again, and again, and again, because this has kind of become my defense mechanism. Mm. Anytime somebody calls me a cunt for not liking Rogue One or whatever on Twitter, I'm like, that's cool, man. We just have different opinions. That's fine. Yes. I don't think any less of you yes. because we have a different opinion. And I kept saying that, and they just couldn't grasp. But I was just being right. like, I don't want to fight with you. I just disagree with you. But that mm. doesn't make you a bad person. It make me and doesn't make person. either of us right and or they just wrong. Kept, they, and then he would just get to the point where he would like send me these huge scholarly hour-long YouTube videos explaining why Batman vs. Superman was a metaphor for Arthurian legend, which, by the <laughs> way, doesn't make it good <laughs> at all because if, if it doesn't mean anything. There's no right. like weight to that subtext. Yes. And I just kept getting these from this person. I'm like, dude, I just... 
I'm not going to retroactively watch this video and be like, oh, that two and a half hour experience I had in the cinema that made me want to cut myself is now made retroactively better <laughs> right. by, by these the fact that it's got some meaningless subtext. Like none of that, that doesn't improve the shoddy craftsmanship of that film. But hey, that's okay. That's my opinion. Hmm. Yours is different. And these people just could not seem to grasp the fact that it's okay to disagree with someone. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, it's the, actually it's totally the flip okay. side of that toxic fandom. It's the mm. it's the you've got one hand you got the people who are like, no, don't change it, don't you dare include other people right. in my fandom. I own this, I'm better than you. Then you have the flip side of how dare you attack this, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Yeah. You don't yeah. fucking know what you're talking about. If you yeah. don't like it, you're yeah. a bad person. If you don't like it, you're right. a bad person. Which are honestly just as bad as each other. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 two it, sides of the same coin. Two, yeah. yeah. Oh, Damo, we're we're in sync, mate. Well, that pretty much brings me to my next question, which is how much do you think the internet has contributed to this oh, issue? So much. 100%. Like, so much. So right? much. If, if you don't have the internet, well, you, you do have this issue, but it's probably kept out of, in one, in one respect, you don't have this issue because it's probably kept out of the public sphere because it's in private. But yeah. at the same time, the good thing about having the internet means that you do have the issue in the public sphere so people start talking about it and people right. start going, no, yes. you can't. You know, you, you, I read stories on Twitter of particularly women or other people at like conventions or opening releases for things who are criticized or quizzed mm. on their level of appreciation for something. It's like, hang on, if the only reason I watch Harry Potter is because, fuck it, I like Gary Oldman, mm. that is enough of a reason for me to watch More Harry than Potter. Fine. Yeah, yeah. If, I watch, if I watch Game of Thrones because I'm like, mm, Kit Harrington is fucking dreamy, and mm. he is. Oh. If if that's the reason yeah. that I watch that, that's fine. You don't need to quiz me yes. on the lore and backstories of Game of Thrones to right. prove if I'm a real fan. Yes, it's that 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 idea of fake fans is really dumb. It's just who is going it's to a non-existent idea. No, who who yeah. would put that much effort into watching a fucking six-part fucking show? Right, it's ten fucking hours <laughs> yeah. to pretend to like for what benefit? Yes, so I can wear a costume with a bunch of fuckheads. Right, so dumb. <laughs> anyway, oh my my pitch got. Higher. Yeah, no. I, I think it's just it's this, just this weird idea of like the way I enjoy something has to be the same as somebody else, or right. or the way you enjoy something is wrong. Like fuck off, man! Like right. it's yeah. a it's a big diverse world. Everybody's different. Everybody's allowed to like take what they want out of something, and that's okay. Like hmm. we we still do just, this podcast despite the fact that I liked Rogue One. Yeah, <laughs> right. like no one's yes. no one's been like, no, Tom, you can't actually be on the show anymore. Right? If if you lose a friend because you have different opinions about a movie. You're a garbage human being. Yeah. Oh, unless they're the garbage human. Like if, if a friend right. leaves you because Mind you, I did very near I, I like legitimately very nearly stopped talking to Carney after he didn't like Lion King 2. <laughs> like I like that was that was actually a really, that really was your rough line. couple of days was, there for me. That was, that was a, that was a I was I was more hung up on that than I should have been. <laughs> that was a weird line to draw. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I mean I'm I guess die on the hill for Lion King 2. I guess the moral of the story is that none of us are perfect and maybe we're all just That's different. right. But you eventually remem- remembered, oh no, everyone's entitled to their own opinion and that's, that's fine. That's definitely Carney. how I felt with yeah. Carney and the Lion King 2. I'm still not sore about that. I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> but, uh, but back to the point about the internet yes. is that the downside of it is is that it, legitim- it gives a legitimate platform for people whose views are awful and who well, in traditional media probably wouldn't get a go. When did Okay, so what was the first online fan site? Ooh. Or the first major prominent one that people knew about, Ain't It Cool News, right? Right. When yeah, that yeah, came yeah. out? Yeah, late yeah. 90s. What came out in the late 90s? Star Wars Episode 1. Yeah. That yeah. was how it started. Right. Yeah. Star Wars Episode 1 was the beginning of, the Star Wars prequels were the beginning of internet fandom and internet mm. backlash. Yes. And the fact that, oh, no, now we can actually, instead of like, you know, 
enjoying this thing in the privacy of my own mm. room and like, you know, not telling other people at school about it. It's like, no, now you've got a community online of people who are just as vocal and passionate as you. Yes. And that's on one hand, and, that's a great thing. Yeah. It means that there are yeah. people out there. So I could talk to a dude in South Africa who enjoys Rogue One as much as me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do, do you? <laughs> yeah, his name's uh, Justin from South Africa. Good to see you. I really like Rogue One. <laughs> oh, Kiwi accent, mate. Thank um, you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, because I kind of, I've never actually been somebody who's like been, apart from like since we've done the podcast, we've all right. had like been on Twitter and stuff like yeah, that, yeah, and Reddit yeah. and everything. Like, I've never been somebody who was like mega engaged with online fandoms and forums and everything, mm. except. Oh, here we go. It's going to be something really good, isn't it? It's story time. Oh, what? What? Except for forum? the Saw franchise oh. in the 2000s. Yeah. So, like, so I remember like. Did you post like fan theories and shit? Oh, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, yes. It's so good. So when the, I watched the first Saw, I think, when did Saw come out? 2004? So I watched the first one, like maybe 2005, and then the mm. second one on DVD when it came out. And my dad and I were both really into them. And then we went and saw Saw 3 together. Now, for those who know the Saw franchise, 3 is kind of when it turned into torture porn. <laughs> and like before that, they were just kind of well-made psychological thrillers it's that were three, a bit grimy three and gritty. They haven't go currently, yeah? 2 and 3 happen at the same time? No, no. Um, 3 and 4 happen at the same that's time. Right, that's right. Yeah. Mm. So 3 was kind of the first one that – like 1 and 2 were good films. 3's – Three was not a great film, but three is where they realize it's a copycat because no one can actually escape any of the traps. Yes, yeah, yeah and it's Amanda. So when three came out, I remember walking out, and Dad just turned to me and saying, "Never make me watch another one of those films again." <laughs> so I was kind of by myself in my Saw love, right? And so that was the year after that was when I went to boarding school, and the whole time I was sitting there being like, and as the new Saw film was coming out, I was like to all my friends there, I was like, "Hey, you guys excited for the new Saw?" And everyone was like, "No, fuck, why would why would I want to watch that?" Yeah. And so I was kind of like a bit by myself in it. So I spent a lot of time on Saw fan forums, sharing theories, yeah. rewatching the films obsessively, coming up with fan theories, all of that, and then Saw four came out, and I remember going to see it by myself and walking out being like that sucked that was so shit none of the things i wanted to happen happens and then i just spent the next year on the forums for saw five right. again yeah. and the consequence of that was that i think i spoiled saw four and five completely for myself because i was just so obsessed with, with reading what the fans mm. were saying and everything and finding out like if you know if this was the film when dr gordon finally came back or if we were going right. to find out what happened to captain uh, to detective eric, eric matthews or whatever and then the consequence of that was that by the time saw six came out I was kind of fed up with that whole mm. thing. So I kind of stopped doing it. And then I really enjoyed Saw 6. So I walked in right, there yeah. and that kind of put me back in that for Saw 7. And then when Jigsaw came out this year, I kind of found myself, there was a oh. point where I looked at my phone and I was like, Jigsaw Reddit was like the most searched <laughs> item on my phone like yeah, in the last you, couple of weeks. You've relapsed. I totally <laughs> regressed. And I spoiled most of Jigsaw for myself right. because I was reading Reddit fan theories because somehow... Saw 4, which was the one I was most obsessed for, came out, or in the lead up to, came out in 2007. Mm. That was 10 years ago. I literally regressed to 15, 16-year-old me when Jigsaw came out. And then Jigsaw came out and upset me as much as Saw 4 did in 2007. So I guess we all just... Go inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we ever really change? Probably not. Probably not. And that's the interesting thing because toxic fandoms ultimately they're toxic to everybody. They're even toxic to the person who's who's feeling this way. How the fuck can you enjoy your fandom when you're so busy getting angry about how someone pronounces a wizard's name in Harry Potter? Yeah, where, where is that enjoyment off. coming from? You are not any of the houses. You're a squid. <laughs> <laughs> and just to go back to the internet thing, like I, I think there's there's two issues with it. One is that there was always those people who were kind of like would tell people how much more they knew about a certain thing, and they used to be sort of isolated to their little friend groups or whoever would listen to yeah. them. But now they get they to could reach only talk within like internet. a ten meter radius because they right. run away. So they'll most most people will be like, oh, I don't really care what you have to say, and walk away. But now they can reach across the internet and tell somebody they're wrong. Yeah, like it, anybody it, really. It legitimizes the one. The one downside of the internet 
is that the upside is it connects so many people to so many other people and it builds, it fosters communities for people yes. who enjoy, like, so, you know, when you were lonely at boarding school, you had, and, and I'm not being an arsehole here. I'm genuinely saying you <laughs> had you a group. Of, you know, you, very when you were lonely me, and you know? friendless at boarding school, <laughs> no, no, when, and the Saw movies was your only source <laughs> your of joy or happiness. Don't you, know what that says about you. No, I know exactly what <laughs> okay, that says yeah, about you. But you, you read into that whatever you want. But no, what I mean is that you found a community of people that you could talk to about like-minded things. Yeah, yes, which you wouldn't have been able to do. Which is amazing. And like, this is gonna the only sort of forum engagement I've participated in was Pokemon. Um, <laughs> and I'm not one of those people. So there, there are people who like Pokemon. Like Pokemon, right? And I'm not. I like I like giving my Pokemon fun nicknames, and mm. like I, there's a bit of planning into what I catch and what I train up and stuff. But I don't do the kind of breed Pokemon specifically right. to have this ability and this move set. Like that's just not. It's never been that's the factor for me to do it. Mm. But I used to engage with you know forums talking about that kind of stuff, and I just used to ignore that stuff, and I'd go to other forums, and you just you filter your way through it. But it allows you to connect to other people and learn different techniques and strategies and, yes. and, and like-minded. And that's the bonus. The downside is it also allows all of the know-it-all dickheads. Yep. Right. So imagine you have a lot of villages and in every village there is a village idiot. Now they can all fucking talk to one another yep. in a special village idiot forum and then share those ideals with you. Right. And then, fuck, you might elect one president of the United States by accident. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 to be fair, it's, it's, that, it's that thing of it. It, in one on, on one hand, it does connect and allow communities to mm. communicate and talk and do that kind of thing. But the flip side and downside of that is it gives a legitimate platform to opinions right. and voices who otherwise should have and would have been denied legitimacy. Yes, and it you gives know. them more confidence in that opinion because they know there's this field of dickheads behind them agreeing with them. It's like yeah. Why the fuck? Right. We have Nazis exactly. in 2017. Right. How the fuck did that yeah, happen? Yeah, you're right. Every Nazi in every little town who kept that little Nazi secret to themselves have now all talked through the internet and they're like, no, no, we're here. We're gonna, we want our voice to be heard. Correct. You don't, don't put black people in that. Star Wars, you pieces of shit. Right. But then the one good thing there is that because you then also have people on the good side of mm. the argument is they can work to try to support those people who may find themselves on the receiving end of a, a toxic exchange or yes. a toxic fan. So that, you know, in the weird, terrible example of us teaming mm. up with you, Gabe, to take down those Suicide Squad loving dickheads, <laughs> like we shouldn't have engaged because it was dumb, right. but we were able to and we were able to support you. I'm not condoning that you should do that because you can't win that argument. When you're dealing with those kinds of people, this is a, just, this is like a straight up case of do as we say, not as we do. Because yeah. that was fucking dumb. Right, it was, do what Dusha would do, which is don't engage. Yeah, yeah. it's probably <laughs> one of the only instances in which I'd say do what Dusha would do. But <laughs> no, that's, that's that's how I live my life. I think what would Dusha do? W d d d d d d d. That's too many d's. That's way too many d's. Oh dear. Um, that's the thing. And like for exactly what, for what you're talking about with these people who sort of self-proclaim themselves the judge on whether someone else can call them a fan or not, which I read this really great term. It might have been me that article you shared where they like geek gatekeeping. That's it. And I cannot remember who it was from. And it's doing my head. It was on Junkie, but I can't remember who there it was. There you go. It. Junkie. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, I'm really sorry. I cannot remember the author's name, but it was a, it was a brilliant article. Yeah. Have you ever had someone try to geek gatekeep? to you on one of your fandoms? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not too much because, again, I'm a white middle-class straight man. Right. So the fact that I enjoy things. You just waltz on through. Oh, yeah. I can get through life fucking pretty easily. But but I've definitely had people tell me that, oh, you know, you, you're not into it enough or mm. that's, that's that's not how it is or yeah, you know, yeah. it'd be better if you – you know, the, the example is the, the sort of the Pokemon thing. I've had people right, be like, oh, that's, that's really – you know, why, why would you play like that? 
It's like, oh, you know. Because it's fun? I, I like naming my, uh, my, my Pokemon with four normal people names sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Trevor. Trevor. I've, I literally on my current game have a Pokemon whose name is Helen Green. <laughs> I had, um, I did have somebody, I did an article for Den of Geek recently about Hannibal. And um, I had somebody comment, it was like the first comment on the article being like, wow, it's pretty obvious that the writer of this article doesn't understand Hannibal at all. Oh. And I was like, I had this moment of being like, fuck you, I'm going to. And then I was just <laughs> like, hang on. Why do I care? Right. Like, why do I care what this person thinks? Like, anybody yeah, who knows me. Would you talk me, to a fart in a bag? No. Cool. Yeah. That was it. And I didn't, like, I didn't respond. I was just like, I kind of looked at it for a yes. moment. And I was like, and I had this kind of, ser- like, surge of, a f- like, offended, like, fuck you, I know how to right. move, like, back to front. Which I do. I think anybody who knows me knows that I do. Probably on an unhealthy amount. Yeah. But I kind of had this moment that I was like, hang on. I actually don't care what this person thinks. Yeah. I made my argument. You've read it the way you want to read it. Because, right. and again, and because, like, basically what this person's issue was, was that my article was kind of based based not really around the Hannibal and Will relationship. Okay. And it was kind of based more around like Hannibal and Clarice and the, yeah. the broader things and the fact that like I just – anyway. And they basically were saying the whole thing's about Hannibal and Will, the whole series about Hannibal and Will, this, this, mm. is, this, that's the only important thing. And I was like, ah, there's actually a lot more to the broader mythos of this series. Yes. It's called Hannibal, not Hannibal and Will. Like, right. I was kind of like, okay, that's cool. Like, you know what? That's your interpretation of the show. That's yeah. how you see it. Mine is different. And you know what? That's okay. I don't need to argue that with you. Exactly. Because honestly, if I don't respond to you, you're just yelling into the void. Yeah. And again, yeah. And, because yeah. you're both entitled to your opinions and his opinion doesn't change anything to do with yours. And that's not to say that debate is bad or that we shouldn't debate or argue. Because mm. honestly, why are we on this show? Debating and arguing our opinions about things that we're passionate about right. is a hell yeah, of a lot of fun. We do. Yes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, like, like, you know, when we had the uh, the argument about Rogue One in less argument, more me just yelling at you while you trembled in the corner <laughs> with the backup of Carney. I'm getting flashbacks. Um, <laughs> um, but, like, when we had that, like, we we left that episode. Like, we didn't leave that episode being like, I'm not fucking talking to you. We right. disagreed about a film. And we got angry at each other about mm. disagreements of a film. We left that episode being like, oh, yeah, cool. Now we'll just have a beer and chat about something else. Because, exactly. like, cause at the end of the day, it's like our, our opinions have <laughs> on films and stuff have precious little to do with who we are as people or why we relate to each other or why we get on or any of that stuff. It's mm. just, at the end of the day, a movie's just a movie. Like, right. Do, do you know what's the weirdest culture, fan, geek, franchise thing that I have been trying, like someone has tr- tempted to like knock me back from because I enjoyed something of it mm. they didn't, was the Muppets. <laughs> okay. Right. You don't think the Muppets would be something that people could be dickheads about, but they, so right. I remember just, I bought a book, right? By Jim Henson, literally about the art of the Muppets, because I, I love the Muppets. Yeah. And the new the new film, the Jason Segel one that mm. had just come out. And I'd really enjoyed it because it it did a lot of it it was very much about the like the old school Muppet show TV show. Right. I was like, yes, I have like four seasons of it on DVD. I watched it on VHS as a kid. Like, I love the Muppets. Right. So I was like, yeah, that I really enjoyed that movie. Anyway, I bought this book at the bookshop, and the guy selling me the book. Was at a, a comic book shop in Melbourne. Not the good one. Mm. Not All Star. Those guys are the best. <laughs> There's great. a little plug for them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, at another place. Free and comics. I, I bought this book and the guy behind the counter was like, oh, yeah. you really like And we started talking about the Muppets. I was like, great. I could talk about the Muppets with the guy behind the counter. He's like, oh, have you seen the new film? I said, yeah, I have. Mm. He's like, what would you think? I was like, I really, really enjoyed it. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. I did think you were a true fan. And I was like... Oh, true thinking, fan. Like, what the fuck? And what does like, that mean? It's like you know, you know, like I've I've watched a lot of it, and it just it's very derivative and, and stuff like that. It's like you know, you'll read this book and you'll understand that it, it's not something that true fans of the Muppets really enjoyed. And I was yeah. like, that's fucking weird, right? You just sell me the fucking book. <laughs> I bought the book, read the book, watched the movie again. 
Stand by my original opinion. Good. But it, how weird is that? <laughs> Super weird. It's really strange. And like the, the thing with toxic fandom is it's almost, it's the geeks that were bullied have turned into the bullies. Yes. Yeah. They're like, they, they this cannot is, this see is the irony arena. of the position they're in. It's, it's disgusting. Like it's honestly terrible. And I think it generally comes from, yeah, they're overcompensating. It's like you see a guy come in and he's got three Superman tattoos because that's who he is. I'm the guy with three Superman tattoos. And then he goes to a convention and there's 10 other people with three Superman tattoos. And all of a sudden he feels like he's less of who he thought he was. You're not. There's just 10 other guys with three Superman tattoos. That's okay. They're like you. Go be friends with them. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, (laughs) you're going to get along great. You've just found 10 new buddies. I guess like there's always this, I, I mean- this isn't like to do with necessarily like movies and stuff. Like, like I've been to quite a few Bruce Springsteen concerts Mm. and have you? Yes, I have. And the thing about it is like, you know, you go to them and there are, and like, I've been sort of on like Facebook groups and stuff, like, you know, looking for extra tickets and stuff like that and like checking out what set lists and everything. And I consider myself like a really big Bruce Springsteen fan, but there's always a sense when I go to the concerts, when I turn up there and I'll sort of talk to somebody and they're like, Oh yeah, you're going to be down the pit, like right at the front. And I'm like, no, no, I'm sitting up in the seats. And they're like, Oh, okay. And it's not like they don't say, oh, you're not a true fan or anything, but there's this sense of like, oh, well, or then like I remember meeting somebody once who like had been to uh, the concert the same week as me. Mm. And he was like, oh, yeah, how good was the second one? But when he sang that in the first one, I was like, oh, I only went to one of them. And he goes, oh, okay. Oh, okay. And I'm like, well, on the one hand, like I just don't have that much money to go to. Like, but then there are Springsteen fans who like literally save up for his tours mm. and go to every concert around the country. Right. Like, and follow him pretty much around and the country fine. and everything. That's, that's, that's awesome. I would yeah. love to do that. But don't look down at people who can't do I don't right. like I don't have the money. And on top of that, like I just I can't afford it. And ultimately, when all is said and done, like as much as I love Bruce Springsteen, and believe me, like, you know, I, I kind of feel like when I'm sitting there listening to his music, being amazingly moved by it, reading his book, like on the verge of tears because mm. what he says is so fucking beautiful and loving his work, I don't think that experience can ever be denigrated by the fact that I'm not in a position to sort of, I guess, enjoy him as thoroughly as you, even though I kind of feel like I do. Yes. And I mean, like, as much as I would love to, like, you know, fork out every extra sense I've got and, like, follow him to two different concerts, like, yeah, I've seen one three-hour concert. That was amazing. That Mm. was great. But, like, I also kind of want to eat this week and I also have other things that I'm into as well. Yeah. Like, I have other things I want to do. And it's like, yeah, cool. I'll make an allowance of my time and money to celebrate this fandom and yes. do this thing and everything. And I want to be a part of that. Right. But like, I also am a human being who has like a life and a lot of mm. things going on. And like, unfortunately I just can't devote right. that much time to something. And no one deserves to be criticized for not meeting your quota of what you think. Yeah, they exactly. Should be. Exactly. Ridiculous. Yeah. Who died and made you king of the fandom? Exactly right. That's right. It. <laughs> Have the, and I wanted to ask, I was even thinking more in relation to sports. So obviously you're a Geelong supporter. You love yep. your footy. Yep. I'm taking this chance again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you go to the footy and I've had this where I've gone to the footy and I'm, I'm a Hawks supporter and I've been with all the Hawks supporters and there's been some just monster asshole behind me being just a fucking menace and just ruining the game for me. And I'm thinking if you're a subset of the Hawks supporters, do I want to be a Hawks supporter when like, yep. you're representing yep. all yep. of us? Yeah. It's it's that weird thing of like it's like I am I am a crazy Geelong supporter yeah and so my my fiance is a Geelong supporter as well right that helps but she's not as like she's not as crazy as I am about yeah. it like I literally have two two football jumpers like mm. Guernseys I wear one two games and wear one when I watch them at home on time okay right? that's cute. that's that's the level of absurd I wear I have a pair of shoes I wear to every game right how okay. long have you, how long have you had these shoes for since two thousand and nine grand oh, final okay <laughs> so so that that's where we're that's where we're at but yeah. She enjoys it. She likes going to the footy. We like going together. Do I know more of the players' names than she does? Yes. Mm. Do I know more of the different kind of things on the uh, players' names of other teams? Yeah. Yes. I love football 
differently to the way she loves football. Right. She doesn't enjoy it any less. When Geelong win games and it's a close game, she doesn't get any less excited. Mm. Like when we're at that, we're at, speaking of the Hawks, we're at that yeah. game where Dangerfield did his, like hurt his yeah, leg yeah, and yeah. came back out and like kicked five, the best. Her enjoyment wasn't lessened by that. But I know people who'd be like, well, if you can't name every captain since 1972, right. you are not a true supporter. Yeah. And it's like, no. The one thing I won't say is someone who like changes teams when their team's doing shit and he jumps back on the oh, yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a bastards. different thing altogether. Yeah. <laughs> Arguably a not coach. a fan. Yeah. Um, but th- there's no. In like in in sport, there is that there is that kind of weird representation of you, you when you have bad supporters. But I will say this: when there hmm. are bad supporters, generally the good supporters will very 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 loudly and very quickly go, "No, nah, we've got nothing to do yes. with them." Just letting you know, nothing to do. So uh, you know when the whole Adam Good stuff happened, and yeah. Gabe's no idea what's going on here. I'm glazing. We'll we'll, we'll pull you back in a sec. But <laughs> yep. when all that stuff happened, I was proud to be like, "No, I'm a football supporter." Mm. Who can proudly say that? No, I'm I'm never going to boo Adam Goods yeah. because he's Indigenous or because he told he won Australia of the Year and mm. because he threw an imaginary spear at the crowd on right. I don't know an Indigenous game where he did an Indigenous right. celebration. Ultimately, because he's proud of his that's heritage. Fucking weird. Anyway, so like that kind of thing is that I, I you find that sports fans are pretty quick, mm. and that's and that's the positive I guess of, of online communities. Is well, that yeah. People are pretty quick to isolate dickheads. Yes. And to to bring Gay back into it. <laughs> oh, so like when when there is something that you are such a strong fan of, and there's this, you know, five percent, ten percent representation of assholes who ultimately do have the loudest voices. Does it does it sort of ruin it a bit for you? Does it lessen your? Um, do you know what? In a way, I sometimes feel bad for liking Rick and Morty because I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm those dickheads. But yeah, I like the show and I like it's Dan a, Harmon. It's a clever show. It's well written. And I'm like, every time, I'm like, oh no, it's really clever. I'm like, fuck, do I sound like one of those dickheads? It's like, no, it's really. You've really got to. You've really got to know about. Um, you got to know about quantum physics and uh, nihilism to, yeah. to really get it. You're like, no, no, they've got like fart jokes in there. It's fine. Yeah. just chill out. It's it's. I, I I have to admit that there are times where if I if I see a, a fandom being a bit bad about something I care about. There is a part of me that's like, ooh, that hurts a bit. I think the truth is, though, that in the end your enjoyment will win out because, like, I, mm. I find, oh, yeah, like, it's, it's like with the whole Springsteen fan thing, like, sometimes people like that and I have those conversations and it almost, like, ignites this insecure thing in me where I'm like, wait, maybe I'm not a big enough fan. Maybe I should do more yes, of that. Right. Maybe I should yeah, have saved yeah, up yeah. money. Maybe I should be in the front. Maybe next time I should be in the front. And then, like, the first Springsteen concert I went to, I was up in the up in the rows. Yeah. And then I was like, maybe I should be. And then I was in the mosh pit. And it fucking sucked. <laughs> I was in there. And I'm getting jostled for all angles. I'm like, yeah. dude, you're not at Rage Against the Machine. You're at Bruce Springsteen. Just enjoy the yeah, fucking music. And, and the next time music. I went and sat back up in the seats because <laughs> I was like, I had a better time up there. Yeah. Um, like, if, if you're Some right like down at the, the front. That's right. You're entitled to enjoying it your way. Exactly. And, you know, and that's just what it is and then ultimately like it maybe it's kind of like you know my neurotic sort of oh my god maybe i should enjoy this way maybe i'm not big enough maybe i should like if i have i fucked up here but then i'm like actually no at the end of the day like you can't take away the experience i had or the enjoyment i have and like one thing you know harry potter it's a fandom that i wouldn't call toxic in the same way rick and morty is Mm. but i find the harry potter fandom supremely irritating like the amount of oh, there is there is a hundred percent toxic people in like the, in oh, Harry yeah, of course there are but like it's just the amount of like particularly the ten year anniversary and they all came out of the woodwork like with all the BuzzFeed articles being like oh, ten times you know Professor McGonagall was the best or right. ten Mate, times J.K. Rowling is the best she is the best she's the best character in the series but just this kind of insipid yeah. sort of you know anyway yeah. and all the gifts from the movies and by the way the movies aren't that good the books are amazing the movies are not very good Can I say rewatching um, them the first three films. When you watch the, because I've been on TV recently, right? Watching the first three films, you go, man, they really lo- got the wobbles later. Yeah, the closer they stuck to the books, 
the stronger those films were. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. So, so like that, that so I, I think like when around the kind of, I was kind of grappling with this around the cursed child, fantastic beast time where it'd been a long time since I'd reread Harry Potter. I don't think I'd reread it since high school. Yeah. Hadn't really watched the movie since the last one came out. And I kind of like just found myself getting not embittered towards Harry Potter, but kind of just a bit sick of hearing about it. Just being a bit like, fucking hell, was Harry Potter really that good? Anyway, long story short, I reread the books this year. Yeah, it really is that good. Yeah. Really and is. of course you reread it. And it's like, it fuck, it is amazing. It, I love these books. They meant a huge amount to be growing up. They still mean a huge amount to me now. Hmm. And the fact that so many other people enjoy it and enjoy it in a more vocal and irritating so to me awesome way that most, doesn't matter. No, like, it doesn't affect yeah. my enjoyment. It doesn't change the fact that these are brilliant books that mean a lot to me. Yes. You know? Do you know what's like, it's one of those things where it's incredible that like everyone knows what house they're in. Huh. Yeah. Like, isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Like, like so I, when I was over in the States, we went to Universal Studios and that's where the Harry Potter world is. Mm. I was walking through there and I was like, I am this close to crying. <laughs> I'm a 26-year-old right. man, but I've been waiting for this since I was 10. And that's, I think, where some of that absurd nostalgia factor is. Right. And look, you get those guys like, look, I will take irritating BuzzFeed articles about how Snape's a good guy. Oh, even oh a yeah. Of shit. Over, over the, the other side. Unquestionably. Of every time. Unquestionably. But, but again, but- that, that level, like exactly like you said- Someone enjoying it in an annoying way to me doesn't actually ruin my enjoyment of anything. No, at no, all. no. I think it's what I want to talk about is like more when it's a matter of like just being inundated with that yeah, so much. Absolutely, that, and absolutely. you haven't actually been exposed, I guess, to the directly to the source in so long, it becomes easy to kind of be like, oh wait, wasn't that good? Or this and then you do and you're like, and then the moment you reread them, you're like, oh, the magic's back. But, it is just that yeah, fucking good. Yeah. But that's the difference um, between someone like us or like a normal person who, oh, that's really annoying. They're, they're annoying and they're enjoying it in a way that annoys me. Hmm. You then step back, either reread it or step back and go, and okay, cool. And yes, yeah, so they what? enjoy it differently to the way I enjoy it. That's fine, that's actually. Fine. Like mm. in that's the end, absolutely it just fine. I think at the end of the day, enjoying something is a great thing that we should all do. And if you're like, if you're a perpetually negative person, it's like that was shit, that was shit, that was shit. Like right. just enjoy stuff. Stuff's yeah. good. I love yeah. stuff. But like, and I let I'm, other people enjoy stuff. And people, even if you don't enjoy that stuff, mm. and people, the amount of times people have like, you know, given me. People who I've worked with and stuff give me shit about being so, like I remember like working at Dracula's and like you know going on on about Bruce Springsteen or about a playwright I really liked or something and seeing the people I work with kind of like looking at each other with these like grins that said very clearly they're gonna laugh about this later behind my back right. and stuff like that and then at first I was kind of like oh wait maybe I should shut up then I'm like hang on I'm never gonna, be, I'm never gonna apologize be for being a passionate person exactly ever yeah. I'm never going to apologize for that because all it means is that like I take passion and enjoyment. And love from the stuff that I consume. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's a really good thing. And I think that's something we should all do because there's enough shit stuff going on in the world exactly. that we might as well embrace the stuff that is good and that makes us feel good. However, don't be a cunt about it. Yeah. yeah. It's as easy as that. Right. I, I think just to, just to tie that off and to go back to at the start, we were saying if anyone who listens to this podcast and has made it through this far and hasn't just turned off in anger because <laughs> they think we're wrong, is, you know, if you as a kid watched Harry, right, grow up, and, like, I'm not going to lie, you're probably going to be a white dude. If you saw Harry grow up and you were sitting there going, how cool is it that someone like me is on screen? Now, just remember the magic and the awesomeness that you felt reading or seeing a depiction of someone like you. Now, imagine that you're, like, a, a young girl or a, a young Egyptian guy or a young Indian dude and you suddenly see, like, a Ziz Ansari in a, in a film or you see Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac in a film where you see the cast of Black Panther and imagine never having seen, imagine how you remember how you felt the first time you saw that. Now put that yourself in someone else's shoes. They're feeling that exact same thing. 
do not rob them of that fucking amazing feeling by being this asshole because it, it doesn't help you. Because no. guess what? At the end of the day, they're going to have a really good fucking time anyway. Mm. So and, you should too. And you're not. No. Yeah, because ultimately that, that whole approach to things, all you're doing is taking. Mm. Yep. You're not benefiting anything. Even if your voice in some magical way is loud enough to stop this, great. You still get what you want mm. and you've just taken away from somebody else. Like you're not making yourself happy. You're not making anybody else happy. You're just being a shit person. Yeah. yeah. And on that note, I've been Damien. <laughs> I've been Handsome Tom. I've been Gabe. And if you have any thoughts, ideas, comments, please let us know. You can send us an email at moviemaintenance at sandspantsradio.com or you can find us at Twitter at mmsandspants or on our individual Twitters. I'm Amit David Jamas. I'm at Awkward Treed. I'm at Gobergmoser. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support the show, why not become a member at sandspantsplus.com and get early access to our shows, a bunch of exclusive content and much, much more. That's sanspantsplus.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.